Let me tell you a little bit about Rough Greens. Rough Greens is not a dog food. It's something you sprinkle on your dog's food, and they're going to love it. At least I think they are. Miles loves it, right? Your dogs love it. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. yes. It's uh, it's addicting, I think, to, uh, <laughs> yeah, I to think dogs. It is. I think it is. They love it. Mm-hmm. Love it. Lick the bowl clean. Um, and that is really unique. I don't know if you had problems with your dogs eating, but Uno really had a problem eating. Um, and now they lick the bowl clean. Now, the good news is you put this on your dog's food, and not only does it help them eat um, and help them enjoy it, it actually has all of the vitamins and nutrients and the probiotics, all the stuff that's been sterilized out of your dog's food. Um, it helps put all of that stuff back in, and they lead a happier and healthier life. Just try it with your dogs. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Try it now and uh, watch the difference in your dog. All right, we've got a lot to cover today, including a new way to look at things. Next. Fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Yeah, hello, you sick, twisted freak. Welcome to the program. Well, I'm waiting for the apology from all of those that called uh, the Freedom Caucus members terrorists, that they didn't want anything, that what they were going to do was destroy the country. I don't know. The things that they got for standing up against McCarthy seem to be pretty reasonable and something that I think both sides of the aisle should be happy about. But maybe that's just me. We'll talk about that and how the world is inside out and upside down and what to do about it in 60 seconds. Having pain in your life isn't uncommon. Millions of people suffer from it every day. And if you don't have it now, you will. When that inflammation hits your joints, whether it's from regular exercise or just the day-to-day grind or the effects of aging, it is awful, awful. You don't have to live in pain every day. If you have severe pain, and it usually our pain is caused from some sort of inflammation. My back pain is caused from the inflammation of the discs. Everything is inflammation. It causes us to age more rapid, rapidly. It is the, um, the, the beginning of all trouble, really, in our bodies. So when people say, I take AB, ibuprofen, you know, it's, it's good. It never works for me. Never. Uh, and I've even tried the strong stuff. You know, you can only get by prescription 800 milligrams of that. <laughs> you ought to watch that closely. Nothing works for me. I took Relief Factor. I didn't think it would work. Three weeks later, I'm testifying to you. It took away my pain. It is, to me, a miracle drug. 
three-week quick start, only $19.95. It's a trial pack. Try it now, relieffactor.com or 800-4-RELIEF. 800-4-RELIEF. Relief Factor. Feel the difference. Okay, I don't know about anybody else, but um, I'm thinking that it worked out pretty good uh, holding McCarthy, you know, for 15 votes. I don't know. But Glenn, it was such an embarrassment. And it was such yeah. a, was, can you believe mm. the dysfunction in the party? No. All that. No, I can't. Oh, it was gosh. four days. We delayed their no important work by a few days. Yeah. That's. Um, yeah. So here's what they got. A minimum 72 hour reading period for all bills presented to Congress. Now, you would think that, well, we already have that because that's exactly what President Obama I'm just going to just point out the Freedom Caucus actually got in writing what President Obama said he was going to do and never did. 72 hours to read a bill. Why is that important? Because we don't have a constitutional republic anymore. The way this is being run is there is no appropriations committee, really. There is no way to um, have the power of the purse with Congress because they don't make a budget. They just give you one lump sum and then let the president divvy it out. That's unconstitutional. That's not the way anybody does that. Nobody does that. You have a budget. Okay. They don't have that. You also no longer have the same process of debate on the floor. When was the last time you saw, except for last week, when was the last time you saw Congress all sitting together as a House of Representatives and debating and have people behind them listening to them? Everything that you have seen on the House floor where somebody gets up to make a statement there's nobody else in the house. Literally, no one else in the house. That's all made for TV. And this is why one of the first things they do, and this is Republicans and Democrats, one of the first rules they pass is to make sure C-SPAN cameras can't be pointed at the gallery. Yes. Because they don't want you to see that no one's there. Correct. So the only reason you saw any of this stuff with McCarthy and, and like uh, Matt Gates and the guy being restrained and all, the only reason you saw any of that is because the speaker wasn't in place yet and the rule wasn't set yet so that the C-SPAN cameras could be pointed at the gallery. As soon Now they can't. You're never going to see that stuff again. For two years but because they hadn't put those rules in yet you got this small window of time to actually see what was happening right you need transparency this is our government we vote they're representing us i want to see what they're doing as they represent us so there was no debate it was all decided by nancy pelosi and kevin mccarthy and then it was uh chuck schumer uh and turtle face and those four were making the decisions of what would come to the floor of the House and the Senate, and then they would give it to you, you know, maybe five hours before a vote. It's 2,000 pages. You can't read it. You need attorneys. You need your staff to go over what is in that bill. That's what the House Freedom Caucus just accomplished for you. Conservatives who are against this, will you, you don't have to apologize, Will you at least admit this is something good? Democrats who said, these guys are terrorists. It's in the hands of, of, of crazy people. Is that crazy? What they got is that crazy 
or does that work to your advantage as somebody who belongs to the United States of America as a, a voting citizen? Isn't this a good thing? Now, they also got a, a commitment on a committee to study potential FBI abuses uh, against the American public. That's a church committee. And I'll explain that later next hour. That is really, really good. How about this for everybody who thinks it's an extremist thing on the left? Term limits. They're going to get a vote. We all know how it's going to turn out. But they're at least going to get a vote on term limits. That's something that almost every American is for. One of the most popular things in our discourse. Correct. Like 80% of people Correct. support it. Correct. So how is this a bad thing for America? For Republicans or Democrats, this is the first time I've seen a group of people actually do the work of the American people and take all the arrows and keep standing. When's the last time you saw anybody do that in Congress? Not for some special interest, not for something that is really divisive. None of those are divisive. When's the last time you saw that? Congratulations to the House Freedom Caucus. I wish these guys were in charge, honestly, because they're they're only asking to live by the Constitution. That's a good thing. A really good thing. So congratulations, America. You won. Now, we're going to get into this a little later. But I want to talk to you about how the world is completely inside out. And I've spent a lot of weeks um, reading and studying and praying and looking at what is the message that I can bring to you um, that will be helpful and additive to your life. How can we save our nation? I will tell you that I truly believe the only thing that will save our nation, really, truly, miraculously save it, is God is if we turn back to the Lord and beg forgiveness and ask for his blessings again. If we don't do that, we are going to go the way of every other empire uh, of history. And we will find ourselves in true slavery, unlike anything that the world has seen ever before, because China is the future. Uh, except it'll be global. So as I'm watching the rioters in Brazil, which we'll talk about later, and I'm seeing what's going on, they're trying to say that this is, you know, January 6th. This is nothing like January 6th, although it has many of the same motivations as what Americans who voted for Donald Trump were feeling. And that is, this is, this is us against the machine. This is us against not Republicans, Democrats. But this is a machine that is crushing the average person. I want to give you the perspective here to think about that what you're really fighting is not left and right. What you're really fighting is not Democrat and Republican. What you're really fighting is. And I said this to you last week, and I want you to understand it before I add in something today. What you're fighting is a globalist, fascistic movement called the Great Reset. 
which really is run by the global corporations and the elite uh, presidents, prime ministers, governors, parliaments of the West. Okay, it's an international fascistic sort of system, business and government colluding because they know better. Then on the other side, you have the national uh, great reset, if you will, the national fascist. And that is China and Russia, where it's all run by a bunch of oligarchs or, you know, the party in China. And they collude with business to make money and keep the average person down at the bottom of the ladder. That's what you think you're fighting. But what we're actually fighting is international fascist. That's the Great Reset. That's what America is pushing for in Joe Biden. And then you have the Chinese model, the national fascists. You're leaving out something else. The locals. And that's where we are. And that's why so many people who are um, uh, former liberals... They, you'll read this from people in their tweets or their, their comments on things. They'll say, it's, it's just too crazy to hear a conservative talk about, you know, going local and think local and, uh, you know, support your, your, your farmer's market. Yeah, yeah. You know why it's weird? Because we admit you were right about some of this stuff. You were right about international wars. Maybe we should back off of some of that stuff and mind our own business. You were right about the government and business colluding. You're right. And you were right that the power really is local. So why are we arguing still? Local, if we fix us ourselves locally, the power remains closest to the people. This is the basic principle of the American Constitution. You keep all of the power closest to the people, not in some far distant city of Washington or, God forbid, in some far distant EU or the United Nations. You keep it closest to you because you have the best ability to fix the problems on the ground. If I call 911 because my house is on fire, I want that 911 call to go to my local community that is in touch with my local fire part department. I don't want it to go to some national 911 call that will prioritize which city is more important and then filter it down to my local. I want it local. That's the most effective way to fight the fire. That's what we're doing. And that's what you're really feeling. The media is helping either China or the Great Reset crowd. So either the international fascist or the national fascist. The media is helping both of those two and providing you with a false choice. It's one or the other. What do you want, China? What do you want? Well, no, I want local and local means the Constitution. That's what they don't have a Constitution like this around the rest of the world. But we do. 
so we can understand it better. But that's why you're seeing riots in Brazil. That's why you're seeing them all throughout Europe. That's why farmers are standing up in the Netherlands. Wait a minute. We can't grow food this way. Because they're the local fire department they know. Okay. So I want to change the subject just a bit to what is it that you believe in? What institution today do you believe in? I told you there would come a time where the world would be inside out, upside down, and everything that you thought was solid will be liquid. I'll give you a minute here, 60 seconds, to think, are we there yet? I am. I think we are. Everything is upside down and inside out. Nothing you thought you could trust, you can trust. So now we feel alone and panicked. Should we? 60 seconds. Back in a minute. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. So January might be called Buyer's Remorse Month, as I'm sure this past year you spent a lot more money on gifts and food and everything else than you thought you would because prices are through the roof. If you are a homeowner, though, you've got an opportunity to pay off some of that holiday debt and maybe even put some money back into savings. Now, this is really important Um, Talk about a cash-out refinance of your mortgage with American Finance. If you have high-interest cards, uh, any credit card that you have, you're probably paying anywhere from 18 to 25% now. And that's going to get worse and worse and worse. The equity in your home is at the highest that it will be probably this year because your home price is going to go down. You have a limited opportunity as a window closes to take that high interest rate that you're paying on your credit cards, throw it and roll it into your home where you have equity, which will balance things out and put it in there where you'll get a 5% interest rate instead of a 25% interest rate. It will give you breathing room, save almost up to $700 a month for the average person. Start today, you could skip up to two mortgage payments, giving you additional savings. So call American Financing at 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or AmericanFinancing.net. 10 seconds, station ID. So is there anything that you can think of that you have absolutely faith? Let me rephrase it. Is there anything in our society that has not failed? People have failed us. Institutions have failed us. Uh, In many cases, our churches have failed us in one way or another. Um, Our political parties have failed us. Our banks Uh, Our our checks and balances have failed us. Have they not? Is there anything that hasn't that you feel hasn't really, truly failed us? Nobody's perfect. 
you're not talking about that, though. You're not talking about an occasional failure. No, or I'm talking about a systematic yeah. kind of failure. I mean, there's been there's some things. I think you know the military. Uh, is, at least our mm-hmm. our mm-hmm. people, you know, our soldiers. I think are yeah. pretty darn good. Okay, uh, but as a system. Yeah, like it's Our been Pentagon, a problem. It's a problem. Our day-to-day, you know, police officers, I, I tend to trust. But right? again, but we've had the some issues there. Um, is now set up to fail. Yeah. Uh, there's not a lot of examples. The courts have had some good moments lately, mm-hmm. but also there's plenty of bad ones you could cite as well. Yeah, and you could also cite the local courts that are now dismissing people for bail and everything else. Mm-hmm. The system yeah. has failed. It's hard to find one. Okay, so I, I, I want to... I want to give you uh, something that we've heard a million times, but I look at it with new eyes. Charity, suffer long. It is kind. Charity doesn't envy. Charity uh, isn't vain. It's not puffed up. Uh, It doesn't behave unseemly. It doesn't seek uh, her own. It isn't easily provoked. It doesn't think evil. It doesn't rejoice in iniquity. It rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Listen to this. Charity never faileth. But where there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether they be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, they will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But then that which is perfect, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away these childish things. For now we see through the glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part. But then I shall know even as I have uh, known. And now abideth faith, hope, and charity. These three, the greatest is charity. Charity never fails. What does that mean when we're looking at our society? I'll give you the answer when we come back. Glenn Beck program. Thanks to your support, Patriot Mobile is now on the front lines of the parallel economy. They are now offering service with all three major networks, which means that, you know, you get what, you, you know, the big three, if you like their service but hate their values, you can access them with Patriot Mobile. This comes with a performance guarantee. If you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch among the big three major carriers for free. That's how confident they are. 
Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. They share your values. They're not going to send your hard-earned money in to aid for the destruction of America. They'll work for conservative causes, not against them. You're going to get the same nationwide service, all while supporting a company that loves America, shares your values, and and supports our police. 100% U.S.-based customer service will make the switching easy. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Beck or call them at 972-PATRIOT. Talk to your neighbors now, 972-PATRIOT or PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Free activation with the offer code Beck. Don't miss Blaze TV. Go to BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn and save yourself 10 bucks. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Everything we know, every system we have has failed, has failed. And we've done, you know, our best to figure out, you know, what are we going to do? I, again, um, reiterate that I think the only thing to save us is God. But God is truth. And where do we find these eternal truths? Well, when you look at eternal truths, one thing we all know, I don't care if you're religious or not, love never fails. Whether there be prophecies, they'll fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But love suffers long. It is kind. It doesn't envy. Love doesn't parade itself. It's not puffed up. It doesn't behave rudely. It doesn't seek its own. It's not provoked. It doesn't think evil. It doesn't rejoice in iniquity. It rejoices in the truth, and it bears all things, believes all things, hopes in all things, endures in all things. I don't care if you're religious or not. If you define love, that is how you would define love. So... Love is the answer, but I want to break this down. I want to go back to the original world word that you would find in King James, and that is charity. What is charity? Charity begins well, one of two ways. Do your responsibility as, a, as an American. Give more. Give it to the IRS. And the IRS will give it to those in need. That's not charity. That's not charity. It does not require any kind of gratitude on the blessings that you have because it just takes it. Charity begins with gratitude. And I believe this is the biggest missing piece that we have to put in before we can find love for one another or anything else. We have to find gratitude. There are some studies that have been done that are quite amazing, and they separated um, about 300 adults, and they were people that were seeking mental health counseling, and so they were told they're going to be put into an experiment, and what they, what they did is they assigned, they broke them into three categories. All three received counseling services. But the first group was uh, instructed to write a letter of gratitude to another person each week for three weeks, whether they sent it or not. 
find somebody that you're grateful for and write them a letter. The second group was asked to write about their deepest thoughts and their deepest feelings about negative experiences. The other group didn't have to write anything, didn't do anything. What they found was that those who wrote the gratitude letters, whether they sent them or not, were significantly better in mental health in just four weeks. And 12 weeks after their writing exercises stopped, it was still beneficial to them. So gratitude actually changes the way your mind works. They found that the people who were uh, writing with we words were writing about gratitude were so much better off. In fact, the ones who had negative emotions, those who were ruminating on their negative experiences, those people tended on becoming even more bitter. Now, look at our society. Our society is not using we words we're using them, they and them. They're responsible. They're the problem. Not we can solve this. We are being trained to be pessimistic. We are being trained to to pit ourselves against one another. And instead of looking for things we're grateful for, we're looking for things that we're pissed off about. May I suggest that we stop that activity and start looking for the things that are we're grateful for. They then went out to this group and said, pass it on. Here's some money. Pass it on. You just figure out who you want to pass it to, who you think deserves it and how much they deserve. When they did this, they found that across the participants, when people felt more grateful, their brain activity was actually different. And it was different from those who actually um, were giving money as related to guilt or even their desire to, to help a cause. So I really believe in puppy dogs. So I'm going to give the puppy dogs, you know, need sweet eyes uh, charity. You can have that. But if you're giving it because you love little puppy dogs and you want to help them on that cause, it's not as powerful as being grateful for those people who are helping little puppy dogs and giving it to them because you're grateful to them. And it is certainly those who felt guilt, like I'm going to get in trouble if I don't give this money. It doesn't change. Now, here's what happens. You actually have a fundamental um, change in your brain. They say it's a greater neural sensitivity in the medial prefrontal frontal cortex. Here's what happens. You have a change in the brain area where you learn and make decisions. And it becomes stronger. And it's a practice that doesn't happen right away. It's a practice that you need to build up over time, about a month. And then it starts to show differences in the way you think, the way you behave, your happiness level, your depression level. It makes you stronger as an individual. 
And again, it's really all about being charitable. Again, giving to something doesn't doesn't isn't the same as gratitude. Being grateful for the people, being grateful for the opportunity. That's what leads to charity, true charity. Gratefulness leads to love. Love is charity. We're not grateful for anything. How many people are grateful today? All you hear about are the complaints. I have said for a very long time, I believe this audience is going to be the audience, the group of people that will save America from its disaster. We'll save it, whether in whole or in parts. It will be responsible in the end for saving her. So I want to start a couple of things. I'm going to ask anybody who is who takes that charge seriously, that we are each of us responsible for playing a role in either our destruction or in our salvation. I want to start something with those who are serious about that, and I'll lay it out over the next uh, few days and few weeks. And it won't be all of the audience, I'm sure. But I ask you to be involved. You're listening to this broadcast at this time for a reason. If you look at the mental health situation in our country alone, do you know that suicide for African-American men is up 56%? It's up 30% among our children? Why is that? I think one of the reasons is because we lack gratitude. You know, I, I thought about this over the holiday. In some ways, I lack gratitude for all of the bad things that happen in my life. My father used to tell me there is no such thing as bad. It's what you decide to do with whatever the situation that presents itself. I've gone through depression. My family has gone through depression. Every single one of my children now have gone through serious depression. I should be very grateful that I went through depression and I had a mother that um, committed suicide because I'm very well aware of it and I can spot it early and I know how to somewhat know how to deal with it with my children. We have all been given our problems so we can conquer them and then help someone else out that has that exact same problem. I'm grateful for that. It gives me a purpose and a meaning and some steering. You know, it gives me a compass. Oh, okay, I, I should probably head towards that direction. I'd like to ask you to start a gratitude journal, just on a piece of paper, on a notebook, whatever, just every morning and every night if you can, otherwise just every, every night, write, doesn't matter what it is, it's going to probably start out really stupid, I'm really grateful that I can go to sleep right now, I'm really grateful that the day is over I'm, whatever it is it probably will start out very simply but over a month 
in a, at the end of the month, I want you to compare the two and you will see it will deepen and start to look for the things and the people that you are grateful for and write them down. It will change the way you think. It will change the way you process information in a very positive way. Back in a minute. Well, it's a new year and you've resolved that one of the things you want to change in your life is your stress level, which, by the way, gratitude shows reduces stress. Maybe you should start with the uh, stress you feel about your car. I'm so grateful for my car, even when it breaks down. And then I'm grateful for Car Shield. When it breaks down, you need somebody watching your back for those big, huge things. Car Shield now offer, offers protection plans for around $100 a month. And all you have to do is choose the mechanic that you want to do the work. Car Shield administrators will handle everything else. It's incredibly easy to do, and it will save you so much hassle. Count on Car Shield also to take care of you when your car breaks down and you're stuck on the side of the road. Every protection plan includes coast-to-coast roadside assistance, rental car options, and trip reimbursement at no extra cost. So lock in your price today, and it will never go up. Go to carshield.com slash back or call 800-227-6100. Save 20% on your plan. It's carshield.com slash back or 800-227-6100. carshield.com slash back. Call them now. The Glenn Beck Program. So I want to play something I posted on Instagram uh, the other day uh, on Friday. I, I saw this clip, and it, it, it comes from a play with a fairy godmother. And um, I, I just posted it with, to me, this is the way Monday feels. Not to fear, little children. I will help. Not to fear, little children. I will help. Not to fear, little okay, children. Okay, stop. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so... If you are just listening to that, the fairy godmother suspended above the stage. At that moment, you hear her crash. That is her, the suspension mechanism breaking and her falling to the, to the ground <laughs> in a very violent more, fashion. Not to fear, little children. I will help. <laughs> it's right on beat, too. Like, it's almost designed. And, I mean, it's so tremendous. And to see the fairy godmother in her skirt just kind of go down. And then you don't see her hit the floor, so it helps you not go, ow. Yeah, it looked, uh, it looked like it was a little rough. Yeah. Uh, and I like how it's also encapsulated in the phrase, not to fear, little children. Yeah. Like, everything's going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> really just... I saw that clip and I went, that's Mondays. Mm-hmm. That is Mondays. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Um, we've got a couple of things. Um, uh, first of all, how was your weekend, Stu? Uh, it was very good. I don't know if you know this. The Philadelphia Eagles, number one seed nope, in the playoffs. Nope, uh, excited about that. Nope. Excited to get the national championship wasn't, game for college on tonight. Wasn't screaming at the Cowboys at all this weekend. Oh, wow. It wasn't. I mean, see, now that you're actually getting into sports a little bit, mm-hmm. because mainly because your son is into it, mm-hmm. it's 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 going to be fun to watch your life you know, be completely tortured 
like every other Cowboys fan around here. Uh, that's uh, that's fun. Yeah. That'll be fun for uh, for me to enjoy at least. Yeah. I'm yeah. already. I mean, look, as an Eagles fan, I'm always tortured no matter what happens, even when they win. So I'm used to it. But you you don't understand the pain you're about to uh, in, indulge. So in. um, you know, there was the uh, the the quarterback that was the standing quarterback for the Dallas uh, Cowboys. The starting quarterback. You're talking about Dak Prescott. Yeah, Prescott. And he heard himself wonderful. and then shut up. And then wonderful uh, this weekend. Yeah, and then. And then he was replaced with the second string. Cooper Rush, yes. And mm-hmm. uh, he would seem to, I don't know anything, but he seemed to be mm. doing quite well. Mm, yes, he, yeah. he did do very well. And then Prescott came back got in. better, came back in, and doesn't look quite as good as the second string guy. <laughs> you know, there's some. There's a lot of people around here making that argument yeah. these days, and I... I revel in it. Oh, I, I enjoy it so much to hear every word shut of up. these points and arguments being made. But yes, it does seem like he's be, he's very good at completing passes to the other team. Yes. <laughs> he led the league in interceptions, but he also missed five games this yeah. year. Yeah. So I keep I'm told yeah. all the time he's some elite quarterback. I I've I, never noticed it before. I don't know what mm. it takes to be an elite quarterback. That's not it. But there's a couple of quarterbacks out there, like the one in Tampa. Yeah, uh, oh, yes. well, he's a very good example. Doesn't seem to be quite as elite. You're saying that who isn't? Wait, wait. I don't think I understand your point here. You're saying. It may be completely invalid. Uh, uh, what's his name? Tom, Tom Brady. Brady. Yeah, yeah. Not quite as good as he used to be. No, he's yeah, he's, he's getting older, but yeah. he's still you know. should have quit last year. <laughs> should have quit. It's been a rough year for Tom. I yeah. mean, after a lot of really good years in a row. Yeah, it's been a rough year. And I yet mean, he's I just still in the myself, playoffs. Is it? Yeah, it. right. But was it worth the family? I mean, I don't know how you made the choice of I, you know. Yeah, that's that's definitely the. I think he did. That's what people say. Yeah, I don't like know. his family, you know, his wife. That's what people say. Is she <laughs> saying he chose? Yeah. publicly saying you, that she's publicly oh. saying I. It, you, we made a deal. You were out. You were out. I want you with the family. The so I'm back out. program. Mm. In the same way uh, that it matters how you vote, it matters how you spend your money and where you're putting it. When you're putting it into the economy, every chance you get to buy American, and I mean real American, we should be doing so. A lot of American manufacturing have slipped away over the years and is gone. And it is a lost skill that we're going to have to remember and retrain uh, at some point. I love partnering with companies like Grip6, the people that are trying to uh, give you the true American experience, and they're doing it for the right reasons. They're doing it because they believe as a country, we have to come back. We have to have these skills. So when you buy simple things like socks from Grip6, you're supporting the American ranchers who raise specially bred sheep that produce the wool, the American manufacturers who wash it, process it, weave it into socks that will keep your feet warm in the winter and cool in the summer. American business owners who have accepted the risk that comes along with using only American-made products and American labor. Check out Grip6.com slash Beck today. Right here in America, Grip6.com slash Beck.
What you're about to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So let's talk about what happened last week. It was, no, the only thing worse. Okay, the Civil War was worse. And then January 6th, of course, was worse. Uh, Then I think it was Apollo 11 that burned up on the platform. Then, yeah, then was this out-of-control group of 20 conservatives that hijacked like a bunch of terrorists taking a plane to Cuba just to keep Kevin McCarthy out, or was it to negotiate for extremist things? Holy cow. I would hope that all Americans see, and I mean all Americans, independents and even uh democrats i mean there's still the democrats that aren't marxist crazies the people who believe in the constitution and the rule of law i hope you see what these 20 men and women negotiated and got for standing up against kevin mccarthy now what are those things and are we really gonna get them well, we're going to talk to a man who knows. He was part of it. One of the most fiercest fighters on the floor last week from North Carolina. Congressman Dan Bishop joins us in 60 seconds. So it's a new year and time to do some serious good in your life by changing the way you buy meat. I want to tell you about Good Ranchers. Good Ranchers is the 100% American meat company that delivers the best cuts of beef, chicken, and seafood right to your door. And when I say American, I mean the source of all of their meats is from local farms in the United States. Did you know that you can go into a grocery store and you'll see the little flag? The little flag is this, you know, product of USA. That meat could be from China or Brazil. And it still has a little flag on it. Did you know that? Most of our meat is not coming from American ranchers. And our American ranchers are getting screwed. It's amazing. 85% of the grass-fed beef in America is imported from overseas. Good Ranchers doesn't believe in selling you the imported meat. They want to take care of the Good Ranchers here and give you a good deal and great meat at the same time. Right now, you can get over two pounds of chicken free in every box for a year when you subscribe. It's a year's worth of chicken free when you subscribe to any Good Ranchers box at GoodRanchers.com. If you want to start your year off right, then change the way you buy meat by switching to Good Ranchers. Make sure to subscribe today. Use the promo code GLENN and claim your free chicken for a year and $20 off your first box. As a rancher myself, this is so important. Help them. GoodRanchers.com slash Glenn. Okay? Good meat. New year. New meat. From Good Ranchers, Americans, America's Meat Delivered. All right. Uh, let's go to uh, Dan Bishop. You may know his name. He was the lead sponsor and the author of the North Carolina bathroom bill in the state Senate. He made a lot of changes uh, for the good to bring common sense uh, to North Carolina. And now he is in Washington. There was a story out last week that he said, look, this this is all common sense stuff. And if we can't get this, I'm out. 
Um, and that meant, you know, people were like, oh, he's going to quit of it. No, that's not exactly what he meant by that. And he is on with us uh, now. Uh, Congressman, thank you so much for standing against all odds, honestly, and against all media and a, a lot of conservative media. Thank you. Good morning, Glenn. Thank you for the opportunity to speak with you. And, yeah, you know, I, I did a media hit on Meet the Press with Chuck Todd yesterday. And, Oof. and the bitterness was really palpable in his eyes and in his voice and in his questions. He, he that Nothing he hates worse than some conservatives who will actually say we need to do some conservative things in Congress with the Republican majority that has been so dip, so hard won. I, I have but, to tell you, though, this, I don't think what you asked for, I don't think it was just conservative. I think this was really common sense. 72 hours, wasn't that? Absolutely. Isn't that what Barack Obama said he would impose? 72 hours absolutely. to read every bill. You got it done. That's right. In fact, you're absolutely right. It isn't really conservative. It is, it is about sort of the, making the institution function as it's envisioned to. Function. Yes. Yes. And I mean, wh- whoever said it was the right, the, the, you know, it's interesting, Glenn, uh, all, as you said, conservatives blowing us up. There's the guy out there, of course, who thinks we ought to have a convention to fundamentally alter the uh, United States constitution, but thought the risk was just too unbelievably uh, high to, hmm. To, to defer the coronation of Kevin McCarthy for four days so we could work out some things that need to be given attention. I don't see it that way. I think what we ought to be all angry and upset about is the $1.7 trillion omnibus that was ran through after being designed by a handful of people with the I assistance agree. of 18 Republican senators two weeks ago, you know, three weeks ago. I- uh, but this <laughs> is the thing that they said was, it's funny, Glenn, uh, I did have one interesting thing, and you never, when people say something that's unexpected, I always love that. Morning Joe, Joe Scarborough said in, the, in an interview, he described the, all the people wringing hands about how this is this was chaos and the like, that they're catastrophizing it. <laughs> yeah. That's right. It, it wasn't a catastrophe. It was democracy. There is a weaponization of the federal government and the FBI and some of us have been calling for a church committee. And quite honestly, if more Democrats were awake um, and we had a real true free press that was looking at the facts and still considered themselves, you know, the last line of defense for rule of law, they would be calling for a church com- uh, commission. You guys got that done. Can you explain what that is? I certainly can. And a lot of people hear that and they say, what is it? What do I thought it was separation of church and state? What are you talking about? (laughs) And I know your listeners will know that they're referring to Frank, Senator Frank Church, a Democrat from Idaho back in 1975, chaired a Senate select committee to dig into stories that had emerged about how our intelligence community writ large. So certainly the FBI, DOJ, but but CIA. CIA. We're engaged in some pretty horrific stuff. Yeah. And, of course, the deep state has only gotten much deeper and wider since 1975 and despite the reforms enacted subsequently in 1978. So this committee is called the Committee on the Weaponization of Federal Government at this point in time, be a subcommittee of Jim Jordan's Judiciary Committee. But that was my project here was within these negotiations was to make sure that we got that body 
uh, empowered with all the authority that it would need without having uh, House Permanent uh, Select Committee on Intelligence be able to serve as gatekeeper to information obtaining mm. and so forth. And we achieved it. It was um, it was some pretty hard knocking uh, negotiating in that part that we did. But I'm but I'm I'm thrilled with what we've ended up with. We were uh, now. That doesn't mean that the deep state won't stonewall it. It, right. it will. But you've got to first start with a charter for the committee that makes it clear uh, that we've got a sufficiently broad scope to get at all the requisite agencies and that we're got not and, and we're going to we can access information uh, without being blunted. And it has some teeth to it. You better believe it. Okay. I mean, and so we got, we actually got not just sort of a vague promise. We got down to the legislative language, the resolution that will be passed this week, where that was negotiated out and agreed to. Do Do you know, Dan, if you're going to be on that committee? Um, I believe I have reason to believe that I will be. Okay. Um, and uh, and and right now we're sort of waiting to see exactly how it will be led. I will tell you, Dan, that. Uh we will pray for you and everybody on that committee. I think this is one of the most dangerous things any man or woman can do today in the federal government is begin to tunnel in and look at what is happening inside uh, our intelligence and justice departments. Uh, they're not going to go away happily. Yeah. And, and this, well, I'm, you know, it's, it's always interesting. You got to, at the very outset here, be uh, thoughtful about what you say about it. But yes, uh, but your point is well taken, Glenn. And uh, the things that this uh, superstructure within the bureaucracy that I don't believe is under the control of Congress. I don't believe it's under the control of the president. Right? I don't either. Uh, uh, that you know, and how it has uh, developed. And the the ways in which it is, I mean, it is the, you know, recently the FBI responded to the release of some of the Twitter files and its role, uh, describing its role, and it, it was almost contemptuous. It said uh, they were just engaged with their community partners, and they regret that conspiracy theories have emerged. You know, it's, it's like, whoa, man, if those guys will say say it that way in the light of those revelations and think that'll sell? Hmm. We are in a weird place. And, of course, you've been saying it for years, Glenn. So we're going to find out. I, I And I recognize that there's jeopardy that comes along with that. So tell me what else you guys negotiated that was, you know, that that was good for all Americans. And, and as I enter on that, uh, Glenn, I'll also say many of the colleagues in the Republican conference who refused to join us and also bitterly Opposed, yeah. The 20 of us all have said how great the work is, the results that we've obtained. <laughs> so, but we, <sighs> we, we got back the single member motion to vacate the chair, something that has always been available to members of Congress until Nancy Pelosi deep six at last Congress. Uh, we have a rules package that provides for single purpose or single subject legislation. So oh, you try to deter the ability to pack these massive bills. Together. So wait, 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 wait. What does that mean? What What is the teeth in that? That means that everything has to come separately or or what? It, it, it means it, so there will be a, 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 there's a specific rule that says each bill must have a single subject. Each member, when they put a wow. bill in the hopper, they've got to describe what that is. And then now. The Rules Committee, as you know, Glenn, is sort of the anti-Rules Committee. 
every bill that has been coming to the floor for a long time is has a special rule. It departs from all of the rules. Right. You can't make an amendment to it. It's like it's on the the Politburo of the, of, uh, of President Xi as opposed to the Congress of the United States. So they can continue. Well, if we hadn't done something else, which I'll get to, then we couldn't uh, see that this is enforced. But that's the rule. Now we got to go through and enforce it. There's another rule requiring germaneness. You can't make an amendment to a bill unless it's germane. That preserves the single subject. Uh, we have a return of the Holman rule, which allows Congress to specifically zero out offices within the federal government or a bureaucrat, a Tony Fauci. Um, we have a, se- a you mean de- defund? Hour- yes. Wow. Yes. <sighs> so again, we we won't be sitting here with just these. Uh, blunt instruments, we, we will uh, go after specific problems in the bureaucracy okay, that so we see. The problem with that has always been, or has been since Barack Obama got in, we don't actually have a budget. So you, you control the purse strings, but not really because you don't have a budget. This will actually this will actually take care of that problem. Even if there is no budget, you'll be able to go in. For instance, how about the IRS agents? Yes. Yes. I mean, now, Holman rule would be an app that they're talking about. They're going to pass that bill, I think, right away to defund the 87,000 IRS agents. But here's something that's very key, Glenn, and, and something that conservatives have learned to distinguish. There's a lot of BS that comes out of Washington, a lot of, lot of image or, or messaging bills that pass. And so just because something can pass the floor of the House under Republican control doesn't mean it has any significance. What I've been pushing for, what this is all about, is where can we go to the mat and fight it out right now? Right. And see to it the thing. So, so we're gonna, you know, all these things kind of dovetail. But if you're right, if we're still in the process where we're doing these blunt instrument uh, laws, uh, we'll pass the bill to defund the IRS agents. But unless you use the Holman rule to put something in a bigger appropriations bill probably isn't going to get through the Senate. You see? Mm-hmm. Um, so Pullman lets us do that. All right. Um, let me take a one-minute break, and if you have time, I'd love to have you hang out for just a second more and tell us what else you guys um, you got out of this. Uh, Dan Bishop, the uh, congressman from North Carolina, one of the 20 holdouts, thank God, uh, just going through bit by bit everything that they won by standing up for the Constitution and, I believe, the American people. Back in one minute, 60 seconds, we are meant to live our lives joyfully. That doesn't mean that, uh, you know, everything always goes the way we want it to. There are difficult days, but overall, we're meant to live with joy. Now, how do you get there? I mean, especially if you're in pain. If you wake up in pain, it's really hard It's hard to keep things into perspective when parts of your body are inflamed and hurting. You can try everything. And usually the things that will take away pain that the doctor will give you uh, either don't work or they will zap you and you're just a zombie all day and you can't live like that. So how can you get rid of your pain? Well, 70% of the people who try Relief Factor go on to order more month after month. It's about 70%. ReliefFactor.com is where you find this. Call 1-800-4-RELIEF. Get a three-week quick start for only $19.95. You'll take it three times a day for three weeks. If it's not working at all for you in three weeks, stop taking it because it probably won't work. Uh, You're proud of that 30%. But if it's working, continue to take it and you will see 
at least I have, dramatic improvements in your life. Relief Factor. Feel the difference at 800, the number four, relief, 800 relief or relieffactor.com. 10 seconds, station ID. So, Dan, what else did you guys get by standing up to McCarthy? So the next big area, Glenn, is that in addition to these rules changes, which are very important in terms of changing the way Congress functions and brings more people in the process, it was also critical, we believe, to get legislative policy strategy commitments, meaning we are, there are some fights we can win now, and we ought to get on with them. So the main one is budget constraints. Uh, we got a commitment. Now, this is a, a commitment. It doesn't go in a rules package, but it's an obligation. House Republicans will adopt a fiscal year 24 budget resolution that balances within 10 years uh, and caps fiscal year 24 discretionary spending at the enacted fiscal year 22 level or lower. So we're, we're going to we are committed. We're not going to just be rolled again by sitting around and cosmetic <laughs> passing of appropriations bills that don't go through the Senate. Wait till they're. Omni expires in September and then pass another Omni. We're going to, it, this, this sets targets that are, that are specified the conference has to live, live by. And again, Kevin's speakership depends on uh, living up to the bargain that we've made. Right. So uh, he may no not keep, uh, keep his word, but then you can call for him to be overturned. And we're back in the situation and where we were, right? That's right. Okay. So we have a commitment we made to one another, and uh, and and we'll live according to that commitment. Now we can do it. I don't want it to be thought of as we're waiting around to do something to Kevin McCarthy. I think the important thing is we've decided these things up front in order that we can work together and get to them, as opposed to you know sort of people all being around disgruntled all the time thinking about who's going to call up a motion to vacate the chair. That should be unnecessary. Right. It should be if everybody keeps their word. It it would be. Um, are you guys concerned at all about repercussions from this? Uh, you know, I, that's the thing that's most interesting to me, Glenn. And I this is an unusual perspective, I think. But it's I'm I'm 58 years old. I've had a, a legal career. I've done. Right. I don't really care if I stay in D.C. I, the most boring thing on the face of the earth would be to walk. Would be to sit there and on the floor of the house time after time and do nothing and let everybody else, you know, let a handful of people do all the decisions and be cosmetic. Right. If I don't, if I can't, we can't, that's what I'm, that's what was meant in the, in the uh, comment that I said, and not just meant, it was what I said, when I said, if we're not going to make the same sort of change here for the American people that we were able to achieve in the legislature in North Carolina, uh, for the benefit of that, of my state, then I'm not going to hang around. That doesn't mean that if I didn't get Kevin, if I didn't defeat Kevin Correct. for speaker, that I was going to resign. Never said it. The lies that get told, yep, yep, told yep. are amazing and decent. But the point is, so so let them do repercussions. I don't care. I don't need anything, and I don't want anything. So um, it's the most empowering thing you can do, Congressman. We are going to see then Congressmen actually sitting in their seats debating bills and and wrestling through the bills now, like we used to. We yeah. are. Wow. We are. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you one key example. For Real quick, we've got about forty seconds. All right, I won't take it. For appropriations bills, all amendments that reduce spending will be in order. They can't just be squelched in the rules committee. They got to be bought out on the floor. All of them. 
All, all such amendments on the appropriations bills. That's right. And uh, and so nothing can be pushed. Nothing can be pushed just directly to you and say vote up or down. Other legislation can move pretty quickly on the floor. You can't always have everybody in a 500 member chamber. Right. You know, getting in. But on this, those bills, everybody gets to pull amendments to the floor. Every member gets to advance their amendment. That's unbelievable. Um, it, it seems like we're actually uh, trying to get closer to a constitutional republic again. What a novel idea. Um, that was the idea. It is. Thank you. Uh, Congressman Dan Bishop from North Carolina. Good job, Congressman. And please pass that on to everyone that was involved. Good job. Thank you from the American people. The Glenn Beck Program. You really can't assume that everything in life is always going to go according to plan. You know, uh, I don't think anything has anything gone according to plan recently. Really, uh, the simple truth: it, life absolutely throws you curveballs. It does. Sometimes the curveballs can be really scary. Wars, rumors of wars, natural disasters, economic downturn. Any of these sound like uh, they're never going to happen. It's best not to be caught without a plan. That's why I want you to call My Patriot Supply right now. They're the nation's largest preparedness company. They have millions of customers. I'm one of them. And right now you can go to MyPatriotSupply.com and save $200 off a three-month emergency food kit. The kit will provide you and your family with easy-to-make breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks, snacks. It is fantastic, and the kits are in stock and ready to ship. Shipping is free. Your entire attire order arrives quickly in an unmarked box for privacy. Prepare now. Preparewithglenn.com. Go there now. Preparewithglenn.com. Every Blaze TV subscription is also uh, shipped in an unmarked box. So get one at blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome. Glad you're here. Um, I just, I want to go over how important um, the, the winning of a committee, a church-like committee that uh, has nothing to do with church, by the way. It has everything to do with investigating the CIA, the NSA, the FBI, all of these government agencies and finding out the truth of what they did. It was head, uh, headed by a senator uh, from Idaho. His name was Church, and it happened after Watergate. And Americans like now, had a lot of questions. What is it that our CIA and FBI and everybody else is involved in? And they uncovered and proved all of these things that were conspiracy theories. All of it, a conspiracy theory. The CIA couldn't be involved in Watergate. Yep, 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 they were. Um, how about this? Project Mockingbird. Now, this was a... Um, this was a... a, a uh, a rumor, a conspiracy theory about the CIA. And what they did was 
They're not supposed to operate here in America, but they were. And they were manipulating the American news media organizations for propaganda. And Project Mockingbird recruited leading American journalists into a network and they influenced the operations of front groups. The CIA support of front groups was exposed. Uh, and what they were doing is that this front group with these journalists, they were coming out and saying, oh, no, this is this is the way this is what the story really is about, yada, yada. And they were taking all of their marching orders from uh, the government and the CIA. The church group proved that Project Mockingbird was happening and then set up, uh, you know, a, a committee in Congress to make sure that there was oversight on the CIA so they wouldn't do it again. But may I ask you, do you think the Pentagon, the CIA, the FBI, that they have infiltrated and have front groups that are pushing a narrative on our journalists? Absolutely. We know it. Look at what happened again in Russiagate. Look at look at all of these guys from the CIA, all the guys from the CIA. This is definitely, this has all the earmarks, all the earmarks of a Russian propaganda when they knew that wasn't true. Yeah, I mean, we've seen several examples of this. I mean, going back to Ben Rhodes and the Obama administration who yep. went to the press and said, you know, we told them, basically admitted, we a told lie. them lies about Iran because none of these reporters knew anything about it, so they'd believe anything we said. We've seen that over and over and over again. I mean, they are, you know, the attempt is not shocking, but when we catch them, there should be consequences. Consequences. Should be accountability. We should care. This is, the, I mean, it took a long time. The, many of these were well-known conspiracy theories, and that's how the way they were referred to as conspiracy theories. And nobody would report on them until the church committee. And then, lo and behold, what a surprise. It turns out they weren't conspiracy theories. Does any of this sound familiar? Then it was old news. Yeah. yeah that became uh, immediately there's nothing old here. news. Uh, then uh, Project Shamrock. Project Shamrock, Project Minaret. This was an espionage uh, exercise that was happening uh, here in the United States, run by the AFSA, which was the uh, predecessor of the National Security Agency. And what they did, and see if you don't think this is happening, what they did is they got access to daily microfilm copies of all incoming and outgoing and uh, transiting telegrams from Western Union, plus everything from RCA and ITT. They were looking at all messages, all conversations that they could get their hands on coming in and going out from uh, citizens here in the United States. We just have the NSA just has a better way of doing it now. They just have more powerful, uh, you know, computers (laughs) and algorithms. Do you think that's not happening now? Well, some version of it is definitely happening. I mean, that's what the Snowden situation showed us quite a bit of that, right? Mm-hmm. In in action. And I, I mean, has it stopped? I'm sure not. And they had no warrants to do it. Hmm. Hmm. 
You think anybody is is doing that? Uh, another thing was Project Gladio. Uh, this was um, uh, a project to arm and help terrorists uh, that were anti-communists, uh, mainly in in Italy. Uh, so our government was helping to overthrow governments. Can we t- can we say Ukraine? May we? May we say Ukraine? Not now. Uh, but just uh, during the Obama administration, absolutely this stuff was happening. Absolutely it was happening. Here's one. November 21st, 1964, a package containing a letter and a tape alleging King Martin Luther King's sexual indiscretions was delivered to Coretta Scott King, wife of Martin Luther, Jr., uh, Martin Luther King Jr., and later to King himself. The letter was anonymously written. However, Martin Luther King suspected the FBI sent the letter, a conspiracy theory. Coretta Scott King described the tapes by saying, I couldn't make much out of it. There's a lot of mumbo jumbo. The letter does not uh, specify precisely what action uh, they are urging King to undertake. King understood the letter as advocating that he commit suicide. Some say that it was just urging him to decline the Nobel Peace Prize and step out of leadership. Um, The church committee uh, found that, yeah, that wasn't a conspiracy theory. The FBI did that. Do any of these sound familiar? I mean, do we really think that these things aren't happening right now? We know. We know for sure. Project Mockingbird. We know the White House is telling people in social media. Isn't that also exactly what project mk ultra was this is something else the church committee took on a program designed and undertaken by the cia intended to develop procedures and identify drugs that could be used in interrogation uh, to weaken individuals and force confessions Uh, it began in 53 halted in 1973 numerous methods to manipulate subjects mental states and brain function Can't we say that that's most likely happening with the CIA and Google, Facebook? You really think that no one in the NSA, CIA, FBI is trying to, let me give this again, uh, weaken individuals or manipulate subjects, mental states and brain functions? They were using drugs then. They're just using algorithms now. Do you think that it is important that we look into what our government is doing, seeing that all of these things, it's a conspiracy theory, all of the things back in the 60s and 70s that were, quote, conspiracy theories, end quote, turned out to be true. Do you think it might have been important for 20 Freedom Caucus members To stand up against the machine and say, we want a committee to look into exactly the same things that the church committee looked into in the 1970s. And we want teeth so you can actually get the information and get to answers. I don't know. 
I think everyone who said this is the biggest crisis ever doesn't owe an apology. We all have our own opinions, and that's fine. But I would like to hear them at least come out and say, you know what? It might have been chaos. It might have looked bad. It might have been. But what they got, what they actually got is pretty good and not just for Republicans, but for the Constitution and every single American. Because if you think that this kind of this kind of black operations can happen in a free country and not affect you, I don't care how you voted. You are a fool or you're at least fooling yourself. So last year you participated in a miracle. This audience is so truly amazing to me. You you are gosh, you I mean you're a godsend on I don't know how many fronts. Tens of thousands last year of babies who would have otherwise never seen the light of day. Uh, have begun drawing breath because of something you were involved in. The dark world in which we live cries out for the blood of the unborn. Last year, you stepped up and helped the ministry of preborn shine a light into that darkness. It was actually through ultrasounds. 80,000 lives. 80,000 lives is what we're looking to save this year. We have a confirmed with the number, I think it's 55, 65,000 lives from last year. It's amazing. When a mother with an unplanned pregnancy sees her baby on an ultrasound and hears the heartbeat, her baby's chance at life skyrockets. Preborn clinics offer free ultrasounds with exactly that in mind. They receive zero government funding. What a shock. So their clinics are completely dependent on you and me, the pro-life community. To donate, dial pound 250. These people are making a huge difference. Pound 250. Say the keyword baby. 100% of your donation will go to saving babies. One ultrasound is $28, less than most dinners. Get involved. Pound 250. Baby. Or donate securely at preborn.com slash Beck. That's preborn.com slash Beck. Sponsored by Preborn. This is the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck program. Um, we've been we've been talking about the CIA and the FBI and this new, if you will, church committee that is going to be established because of the Freedom Caucus standing up to Kevin McCarthy and what they're going to find and how dangerous. But it's all the stuff that they found in the original church committee. That was happening in the 60s and, and the 70s. And we were talking, one of the examples you brought up was the Martin Luther King situation where they sent a letter to his wife and eventually to him, and along with tapes saying, hey, we know you're cheating. We know you have infidelity. Here's, here's, uh, here's the evidence. You better step down or kill yourself, basically. It doesn't exactly say that, but it's pretty close. The, the, what's interesting about this, sort of separate from the current conversation, is that Martin Luther King is a revered figure in this country. He's got a national holiday named after him. 
And we know now that he was hooking up with women all over the country. <laughs> it was not mm-hmm. it was not living the he was not living the doctrine right. exactly in that part of his life. No, he wasn't even in Bible territory. Not even in Bible country no, on that no. one. Uh-uh. So they had bugs in his hotel rooms all over the place, uh, recording what are reported as to be orgies. Right? Again, this is not me saying this. This is a Pulitzer Prize winning reporter and these memos themselves which say this. R- you know, recordings of orgies. And up unt- to the point that there is an accusation that... Martin, From credible sources. Credible sources. And in these, in these memos and in these tapes that Martin Luther King stood by, and I believe the quote is, stood by and laughed as one of his associates raped a woman. Yes. These tapes are due to come out in 2027. They are sealed until 2027. How can his legacy survive that if that's what's on these tapes? It can't. Can't, right? It can't. We can't sit here and have a national holiday for, for a guy who raped a woman on, or who stood by and let right. a woman be raped and on it, tape and laughed at it. And it's different because, you know, slavery was legal, it was immoral, but a lot of people, and they say this with our founding fathers, we have to remove them mm-hmm. because yeah, they, they did st- these yeah. horrible things. Mm-hmm. Well, rape was never a cool thing (laughs) never it's not never not legal no if this was going on and you know there's just a lot so i don't know a few years ago i would have thought to myself they will find they will defend his legacy at any cost and look there's a lot that martin luther king you've praised him we've all praised him he's done he did many amazing things but But he was a flawed man i didn't realize that flawed that big right of a flaw years ago I, i probably would have thought They'll defend him at any cost. They'll find a way. They'll ignore it. And I think that's still possible. But the way they are treating his belief system lately of... It goes even beyond his belief system. Because now it's like, you know, all men are created equal. You know, he was standing up for the Declaration of Independence. We don't agree with all of that. Um, but it was. it's also to the point of, you know, going to his central, you know, can't judge someone by the color of their skin. Yes. You got to judge them by the content of the character. They've completely destroyed that belief point. They do not believe it anymore, so if they ever did. What's more important when this tape comes out, and if it is if it what does. they say, mm-hmm. and if it does, I think it will. Um, if it comes out, it will be used to, again, destroy history. One of the things that is being destroyed is our narrative, our national understanding of our history. You remove Martin Luther King, which would mean you take down, you get rid of the holiday. You take down the statues of Martin Luther King. There is no Martin Luther King Boulevard anymore. You have to rename like 80% of our streets. You have destroyed the narrative of the 1960s, the hope and the goodness of that Martin mm-hmm. Luther King movement, that's much more important than keeping him along or, or anything else. The destruction of our narrative is in full effect right now, and that will become way too important. Where the CIA and what we learned about the CIA and Kennedy just last week That'll remain under wraps because that undermines the narrative of the state. Mm. This undermines the narrative of a guy who stood up against the state. I think they'll release those tapes in the 27. Glenn Beck program.
What you're about to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, hello, America, and welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. So glad that you're here. Uh, we're going to have Chip Roy on in a second. We've also been talking about uh, conspiracy theories that have been proven true by the church committee in the 1970s. And that church committee was, uh, I think, Senator Church, or was a congressman church uh, from Idaho that uh, was looking into all of the bad things that our FBI and CIA were doing. And it's led me to something else that I I, uh, I want to share with you. I just had a... I don't know. Some some dots have appeared on my screen today that have bothered me for a long time, and maybe they fit together. Maybe they don't. I'd like to run it past Stu and you in 60 seconds. Well, it wouldn't be a new year without you know new identity thefts abounding, would it? Cyber criminals are always busy coming up with new ways to steal what's yours, and on top of that, the old ways that they've had. And there's lots of those. Beware of spending time on the internet without being protected. And do yourself a favor, get LifeLock. It's important to understand cybercrime is going to affect all of us at some point. You can get 25% off your subscription to LifeLock right now. It's top of the line in cybersecurity with both preventative measures to keep you safe and access to a restoration team if you do end up having your information hacked into. Nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock is the best in the business. So join up now. 25% off your first year promo code back 1-800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com. Use the promo code back and save 25%. Okay, Stu, do you remember Do you remember what bothers me about the Civil Rights Act of 1964? <laughs> uh, As it relates to mm-hmm. LBJ. Uh, I mean, LBJ's entire history around this is incredibly disturbing, but off the top of my head from your theory, I don't know. So I I have, I've said, I've often threatened, um, that when I finish, if I ever finish my radio career, I am just going to spend the rest of my time doing research on one thing that really bothers me. And that is the civil rights act of 64, uh, with Johnson and the great society with johnson mm-hmm. because they don't work together first of all johnson was the guy who stopped the civil rights act of 1960 or 1959 mm-hmm. okay he he is a known racist a mm-hmm. really bad guy mm-hmm. okay racist till the day he died mm-hmm. hated martin luther king okay um and yet when Kennedy dies and everybody's like, well, it's just Kennedy. He didn't like Kennedy either. He wasn't really sad, you know, when Kennedy, uh, when Kennedy died. So all of a sudden, because of Kennedy, we pass this and he becomes the champion of it. I just find it hard to believe. And then when you get the civil rights or sorry, when you get the um, great society, which destroys the black family that's not a good thing it really johnson is underrated as a candidate for the worst president we've ever had he is he, he is. you know he is the entire reason i mean you can go back because woodrow wilson you always talk about wilson took a country 
that had foundations still rooted in our in our founding mm-hmm. and reversed that. He was the guy who really took a country going one way and took it the other way. And there's a lot to be said for that as far as worst president ever. But like the acceleration that went on under Johnson is remarkable. And the acceleration. Remember, Woodrow Wilson was a racist. Progressives, uh, you know, from the beginning were mm-hmm. racist. I'm not saying that they're racist today. However, they put up with a lot of things that are really underlying in in race uh, and racism. You know, I think. No, the, I mean, I, I to think me, the, claiming that that black people are unable to get their own IDs is racist. I think so too. I think I think saying that black people need white people to stand up for them, I think, is incredibly yeah. arrogant mm-hmm. and racist. Um, okay, so the. We were just talking about what the Church Act found, this letter in November of 1964. We found that the FBI sent a letter and a tape to Coretta Scott King. And um, in that letter uh, was a tape of him fooling around. And it was uh, expressed in the letter what Martin Luther King said was a desire for him to kill himself. And instead the letter, they threw it away and said, it's not going to intimidate us. Yeah. It basically said, there's only one thing for you to do to get out of this. You know what it is. Right. Okay. So that's November, 1964. What else is happening in November, 1964? I mean, this discussion, right? This the Civil Rights Act of going back and forth. November 1964. Hmm. The election mm-hmm. of Johnson against Goldwater. Hmm. Where was Martin Luther King during the run-up all summer? He was on the campaign trail for Johnson mm-hmm. saying, we've got a clear choice. We can't go back to the dark ages. He's also getting the Nobel Prize for because in the summer of 64, before the election, Johnson comes out as the big uniter and the big peace guy. This is the pivot where all of a sudden blacks leave the um, the party of Lincoln and they everything is reframed Mm. in 1964 that. It's the conservatives and the Republicans that are bad, where it was the Republicans in 59 that were trying to get the Civil Rights Act passed. And Johnson stopped it because he was racist. Now, Martin Luther King is on the campaign trail with the Civil Rights Act of 1964 just being passed and helps Johnson beat Goldwater. In November, when did Martin Luther King receive that letter? In November. Who sent that letter? We now know. Who sent it? Hoover. The FBI. Mm -hmm. Was Hoover a communist lover? Or communist hater? Hater. What is always said about uh, Martin Luther King that towards the end of his life, after the Civil Rights Act, 
he became more constitutional or more uh, of a uh, communist? More constitutional. That's what uh, his his relatives have talked about. No, they're saying that he became more um, in bed and in line with the unions. And oh, you're, the, okay. Yes, yeah, later yeah. in life. Yes, later right. in mm-hmm. life, towards the end mm-hmm. of his life, after. Or, mm-hmm. Okay, so he all of a sudden becomes a progressive puppet or mouthpiece. Okay, he's on the campaign trail for the government, where prior to this, he's standing against the um, the the government and nonviolent uh, protesting nonviolent protest. The reason why he wins the Nobel peace is because he has fundamentally changed a country with nonviolence. Agree. Mm-hmm. So he's upended a system through this. Martin Luther King said it wanted to, they wanted him to kill himself, but also that he um, others say that this was trying to discourage him from taking the Nobel Peace Prize, turning it down. So, in other words, not being recognized for nonviolent um, demonstration. That's huge. Who hated the nonviolent movement? Kennedy or Hoover? Hoover, Hoover. Yeah. hated it. So now you have a progressive, which we know is lined with communist. It starts with the communist uh, rule. We know that we're getting more of a communist government coming in, right? I, that, that letter was not to stop. I can't prove this. This is just the theory. And looking at all these dots today, that letter was not to stop him from being, you know, the leader of the civil rights or anything else because of the changes he was making. He was already making them. This was uh, a threat to the established American government and the twisted uh, mind of Hoover needs him to stop and get away from the progressive government of Johnson. What do you think of that? Hmm. It's interesting. So you're not saying, I thought you were going to say that you're saying this letter essentially in a way, or it's the surrounding efforts around it wound up working, right? Like they wound up convincing King to change because he was protecting himself. And it's around this time he makes this dramatic shift to the left. Which would not have helped him if Hoover sent it. It would not mm. have helped Hoover. Hoover didn't want to push him to the left. Right. I think he was trying to stop him. And mm. he knew that the power was, what What are you going to, go ahead, Hoover. Who's going to run that? I have the Nobel Peace Prize. I have the world on my side. You think I'm afraid of you? You think I'm afraid of being exposed? I've got mm. all of the, I've got everybody in the progressive movement and everybody in the media who was still kind of fair at that time, they were all for him. Who's going to run that tape? Who's going to believe that? It came from the government. 
the same government that's been trying to destroy me. I think he went deeper and was convinced of uh, somehow or another of Johnson with with the Civil Mm -hmm. Rights Act that he also then supports the, you know, great society, which is very, very progressive to the to the socialist degree that destroys the blacks. I think Johnson at the same time views him the way Margaret Sanger viewed those preachers that they could reach out to and not say, by the way, we're going to we're doing this to erase the black race. No, this is really good for you and get those preachers on board. I think they did the same thing to Martin Luther King, got him deeper involved in the progressive movement, deeper involved with everything, showing him while then using him as a mouthpiece to have all of this power to be able then to destroy the black family through the uh, through the great society. Mm. I mean, it's worth looking into, isn't it? I mean, I don't know if it's right, but it seems there's something odd. there right around that time. Yeah, that seems really out of place. Because why would the government? Why would why would Johnson say, say, yeah, go ahead, FBI, send that out. I think that's the deep state. Why would Johnson, who's just had him on the road saying all kinds of things all election all of a sudden say, yeah, go ahead, destroy him. Now, maybe he did. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, Johnson or was, was it the deep state borderline psychopathic at times. So, yes, it's possible. But still, yeah, there, there's something to be rooted out of that. I've just I just never have been comfortable with the great society being designed and executed by a guy and a group of people that hated blacks and when you see what it's done to the black community i just don't buy that that was not a deep uh progressive effort progressives as they were understood a deep progressive er effort to destroy the black family Mm. it's it's an interesting theory i i I, you know i have to go back and and look at you know what we do know, 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 know about know. that era, and there's been a lot written. Obviously, big, you know some. And there's the, more to come. There's I know. more to well, come. This is what's fascinating about this. We're on the verge of this, and it's like we we talk about foundations crumbling and institutions you trust or don't trust. You talked about that earlier on today. One of the big issues we have in our country right now is we do not trust our institutions. So, no, and we shouldn't trust our institutions. Yeah, I think I think there's a good argument to be made that we should not trust them. Uh, I, we make it every day. Right. However, there are consequences to that loss of trust. It's just that we trust yet verify. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, right now. Some do. We have no trust and and we're not giving them any benefit of the doubt. I don't think they deserve it at this point. But as soon as as soon as good faith efforts, you trust but verify. Yeah, it's difficult. It's a difficult balance for a lot of people. I mean, I think you could look at the last couple of years, for example, in our medical uh, you know, yeah. leadership when it comes to COVID, like whether you don't like masks or you don't like the vaccines or you don't like some of the treatments or whatever you think, you know, has the, been the problem over the past couple of years. Very rationally, people have looked at the advice that has come from the government and said, whoa, this is wrong. There's problems here. They got a lot of this wrong. We also, I think, as sober individuals can step back and say, that doesn't mean we dismiss everything doctors say. 
and finding that midpoint of like being able to trust but verify or distrust but be a, be willing to overturn your previously held beliefs if you find information that indicates mm-hmm. you should and not necessarily tossing out every new piece of information that comes from someone with MD after their name. Correct. It's diff- I think it's a difficult pe- thing for people to balance and understand but and do do appropriately. You're not going to um, cure it uh, and fix that trust until you have a day of reckoning where people are yeah, held that would be the easiest responsible way. and reasonable people gather and say, we have to have answers to these questions and whoever is guilty will be punished appropriately, et cetera, et cetera. Not a witch hunt, just what happened, what happened and how was everybody involved? And then the problem is, is that they are going even further into wokeness. And you now have the AMA, and all of the schools for doctors teaching all of these woke policies, it's only going to make things worse. There has to be a complete flip of all of that. Back in just a minute, let me tell you about my pillow. Um, Mike Lindell has made the my slippers, which are tremendous, and they're in stock again. Amazing price. If you use the promo code Beck, you're going to save $90 a pair. That's $49.98 per pair. It's a steal right now, and they're great slippers. They come with a 10-year warranty. I mean, what footwear comes with a 10-year warranty? A 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. So if they're not the softest, most comfortable slippers ever, you can just return them. Money-back money guarantee within 60 days. Just go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener square. Save $90 off the original My Slippers price. It's $49.98 a pair. And while you're there, check out the other products. Uh, they've got the, the sheets, which are tremendous, the pillows. I am shocked that I sleep on a my pillow. It tells everything about it when I pick it up tells me I hate this pillow and I sleep with it every night. It, I love it. It just works for me and it doesn't get hot and I don't have to keep turning it over all night. Anyway, um, just call them now. 800-966-3117. Go to mypillow.com. Use the promo code Beck. 10 seconds. Station ID. You know, it's really interesting to me. I've got a new book coming out. Um, I, I'm not sure when, in a month or so. Um, and it is part two of The Great Reset. It's based on the great narrative. And uh, Klaus Schwab has put together a group of people that have worked on this new narrative, which is basically a new story that you're to buy into. Our story is being neglected and shelved. It's lost. Our kids don't know the American story. And everything about our story is being undermined. Uh, Or the chickens are coming home to roost, if I can quote some really nasty preacher um, from Chicago. But uh, the chickens are coming home to roost. You have just last week we talked about the uh, CIA Now, it really appears that the CIA was involved with Oswald and the Kennedy assassination in some way or another. We don't have all of the the papers yet. They won't release them. But this is what they're hiding and holding back. 
And what did they say? And when that comes out, what does that do to our narrative? Something that has been called a conspiracy since 1963. It's a conspiracy. And it's been mocked and everybody's been ridiculed. And now you come out to find out that the government knew that they knew who he was. They knew and were involved in his life in some way or another. What does that do to our narrative as a country? How does that affect our view of what the government agencies are capable of if they disagree with the president of the United States? Would we have a different point of view on what happened to Donald Trump if we knew the CIA was involved with, uh, uh, with the Kennedy assassination in any way? I contend yes. The Glenn Beck Program. And what is that going to mean to us? Uh, Veronica wrote in about her dog's experience with Rough Green. She says she has a, a 12-year-old lab. I love labs. She said, um, week one of giving her rough greens, uh, rough greens, we saw a crazy improvement. Her eyes became clearer. Um, I had to look twice when she came bounding up the stairs. She hasn't done that in a while. This is the thing that we found with Uno. Uno was 10 or 11 when we started uh, feeding him rough greens or giving it, putting it on his food. And, uh, I mean, his activity level went through the roof, went through the roof. He was like a, a puppy again. I think Rough Greens has given my dog at least a year of, of really high-quality life, more than he would have had without it. Um, Rough Greens, just try it for your dog. R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Beck. Get your first bag free. Just pay for shipping. Rough Greens, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Beck, or call 833-GLEN33. Call them today. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Another thing that's great for your dog is Blaze TV. Get to blazetv.com slash Glenn. And use the promo code Glenn to save your dog 10 bucks. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in today. I am grateful for you. I'm grateful for this audience and all that you have done. I, 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 I urge you to think about uh, the things that you have accomplished. You started Operation OUR. You were the first people to begin to fund the rescuing of those people who were trapped in the sex slavery trade. You are the, you are the people that um, rushed in and saved about 18,000 people uh, in Afghanistan when that was going on. You've done remarkable things, and I am really grateful that I know you. So thanks so much for listening. We have Chip Roy coming up in uh, just a minute. He is uh, a little tied up. You know, I, I love this. CNN said, um, you know, that he was dangerous last week. <laughs> and uh, now they're saying he's, uh, he's gone from a critic to a kingmaker. Really? Really, CNN? Huh. Who would have seen that one coming? Hmm. 
If they were honest at all, they would have seen that coming last week. It's really truly bizarre coverage of this. Like my favorite part of this was Gerald Nadler, who came out and he said, if there's a real emergency, we couldn't respond. This is meaning that we don't have a Speaker of the House yet. Either the Republicans don't understand that, or they do understand that, and they don't care. I don't know which is worse, but it's a profound danger to the country as long as it lasts. Now, eagle-eyed viewers Mm -hmm. might be able to detect the fact that at any point, Gerald Nadler and any of the other Democrats could have voted for McCarthy to put him over the 218 uh, Hmm. threshold. But they didn't. They didn't. Why? They knew they weren't going to win. They knew they knew Hakeem Jeffries was never going to be speaker this term. They knew that the whole time. It was solely politics. And by his definition, putting the entire country at risk. All they had to do was say, you know what? Screw these Freedom uh, Caucus guys. We don't want those rules. Who cares about those rules? Let's just put McCarthy over the edge. He's going to get it anyway eventually. They didn't do it because... They were taking a stand. They didn't want to vote. They didn't want their name on this leadership for whatever reason. Like, it's so, it got so ridiculous so fast. What did we have? A few days of voting? Guys, can we get over ourselves? I guarantee what they would have done in those four days was nowhere near as consequential as what got done in those rules. They would have done nothing. The the main thing they would have passed is, hey, no longer C-SPAN cameras can no longer point their cameras at people in the gallery so we catch them doing things right like that's, that's you see that i mean that was amazing mccarthy when he came up to uh gates and uh yeah. bobert yeah Woo! And I, can i smoked can oh t- hang on hang on, Is he on? yeah we okay, have chip roy on oh. oh you have the clip mm. okay yeah uh, go ahead and play the clip see uh representative come up they, they keep saying he's been restrained yeah and he's like he's, they're gonna come to blows like it didn't yeah. look like that it looked like he was pissed off yeah and, and came and was gonna say something that somebody else put his hand over, over the his, congressman's face yeah. so he wouldn't say it was like don't make this worse but, just don't, don't don't make this worse so two things on this one i think the the restraint they're saying he restrained it almost came to blows to me it looked like somebody uh, realized this is going to be on TV and you shouldn't say it. It wasn't a physical, like, pulling him back like he was going to get into a fight. It was pulling... He specifically starts with his shoulders and then pushes his hands up to his face so he doesn't say the thing he's about right. to say. Right? That's not about... They're about to get into blows. They were about to get into a big fight uh, verbally. Of words. And they didn't want that to be exposed to the cameras, which normally you can't see that stuff in, in the house. Um, secondarily, on Gates... Everyone was bashing Gates because they were they were going after him. They had this big back and forth. But quite clearly, there was a deal in place. After the, the Chip Roy faction had already come back to the other side, they were voting mm-hmm. for McCarthy. They needed f- four out of the remaining seven or mm-hmm. six to come to just say present. Or three, I think it was three, they needed to get present. They got Boebert. They got Gates to say present. The third person, whoever that was, a lot of people think it was Rosendale, but the third person said, uh, voted for uh, Jordan or mm-hmm. one of the other candidates. And then Gates got all the heat because he was the last one who went. He was the last one who went and he said present instead of voting for McCarthy, which would have put him over the edge. Again, none of this made any difference because five minutes later, they just voted for right. him anyway. So it, it didn't wind up making a difference. But like Gates got all the heat. He got the the physical, you know, sort of confrontation. He got the yelling back. And he was the one that was uh, focused on 
by almost every media source. And I'm not like a Gates defender or anything, but like it seems like someone else bailed on this deal. Someone else said they were going to vote present and then changed their mind right beforehand and it wound up costing Did they get anything the in that last because I know the 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 last two votes were kind of close together. Right. So did they get anything? I don't think there was any expansion. I think what happened was there was a deal cut for the 14th round. Right. Then uh, Somebody I think changed. Gates and Bobert stuck to the deal and said present. They had to get three present. He's there. Okay, Here real we quick. We'll get to this in a minute. We have uh, Chip Roy on. Chip, thank you. Hey, boy. From many oh, of the American people, thank you, thank you, thank you. It should come from all quarters of the American people because I don't think what you gained was uh, partisan at all. And uh, so thank you. Well, Glenn, thank you. Uh, again, we're we're still working through it all. And, and fought, you know, I was, I was in D.C. this whole weekend. I didn't go home uh, to see my family. We're, we're now having meetings today. we got this rules vote tonight. We're still in working hard to try to make sure we get this all structured correctly. Um, I do think we won a significant battle of public opinion by the end of the week. Oh, yeah. that we were trying to fight for structural, fundamental, transformational changes. Um, but, but, you know, look, it's miles to go before we sleep, right? We've okay. saved this from, yeah. So can you tell me about the church committee and the details of that? Because this is so important. Did we really get what we hope we got? We got a lot of what we hoped we would get. I would have preferred slightly more independence to elevate it to the level that I thought was critically important given the extent of the weaponization of government. However, given the track record of Jim Jordan being willing to take on the establishment in this town and take on and, and do the kind of investigative work necessary, we, we agreed for a number of reasons to put it as a subcommittee within the within the House Judiciary Committee, but it would have it, it would have autonomy uh, to a degree, obviously, with Jim on that on the subcommittee and significant uh, players that would be off of the Judiciary Committee, combined with the smart lawyers on Judiciary Committee who know how to execute this sort of thing with broader uh, broader jurisdiction to be able to touch on intel and other things. So we're still we're still dotting every I and crossing every T. Literally today, as we speak. We believe we have an agreement in principle that we think will give us significant more power and scope to go after the weaponization of government, but we're still fighting through it all today. So when it comes to the details, um, and especially of the church committee, is there uh, anything, anything that we should know or anything that they can take away at this point? No, I mean, look, I think what we're now trying to do is figure out the who and the exact mechanics. We pressed for bigger budget, bigger staffing, bigger uh, breadth of jurisdiction to be able to make sure that, for example, it's not enough just to say, oh, the Judiciary Committee will go after the FBI and Energy and Commerce will haul Anthony Fauci in for some health care stuff and Homeland Security will do something because it's China. We need to have a centralized command and control ability to go across the entirety of the federal government to see who was talking to whom, to go after the American people for what reason, whether it was related to COVID, whether it was, you know, domestic terrorism, you know, for parents who were going to the school boards, mm-hmm. whether it's DHS, what the intel community is doing, who's collecting information on people, what do they do after January 6th. We need to be able to go broadly and look and dive into and, and hold this administration accountable. We think we've achieved that to, to, a, to a significant degree, but we, it, the who and the exact mechanics are going to be important. But again, Jim Jordan is a good friend with a track record, and we've given broader jurisdiction 
uh, within this subcommittee. We're working again on who and what. And it has the teeth to if it's Fauci, if if, you know, any of these things happen, you can defund and recommend for criminal behavior if it's found. Well, for sure, we can go. Look, first of all, you know, we've got to exercise the power of subpoena. That's something the House does. Like, the committees don't do it blindly, right? The committees have to go to the House. The House then executes a subpoena. Uh, if you're talking about the, the you know, what, what we're going to be able to do to hold them accountable, look, on defund, the Senate, you know, they screwed us, Glenn, when they passed that bill in December. So we I don't know. have defund power until next October. So we're going to spend now nine months building up to a conservative budget, conservative spending that will restrain Leviathan. We got that promise, that pledge to cap at 22 levels and to budget within 10 years and balance. That's hard. If we do that, we're going to be beating the crap out of non-defense discretionary in order to get there. And then by next October, we'll be able to, in the process of that spending arrangement, have accountability for the FBI, for the IRS, for DHS, et cetera. But that's going to take nine months to get there because the Senate stuck it to us. Are you seeing anybody that last week was opposed and this week is coming and going, you know, actually, you got, you got good things. I'm sorry. I, I wasn't with you. I think we've seen a decent amount of that. Uh, you know, I've, I've seen some contrition. I'm not going to mention by name. No, no, no. But I I've, I've, I've had some good text messages, some good conversations, some good, you know, personal encounters. Uh, there's still a little bit of you know, hard feelings. And frankly, there's a lot of misinformation. A few of my colleagues have gone out there and said, oh, you guys did a backroom deal yourself. I said, hold on a second. We posted on December 8th a letter listing the things that we thought we needed. We put it out there for public consumption. We debated within the four corners of roughly that agreement or that, uh, you know, set of, of asks and did that right up until D-Day on Friday, trying to extract the right level of promises and belief system that we would get there. We were given enough tools that gave us comfort that we moved the needle. Um, but, you know, it's going to take a while to execute and make sure we can get it done. This is the first time I have seen the media um, end up on the Freedom Caucus side or the co- side of the Constitution. Usually when you fight like this, the Republicans never win. Um why the change is that and what do you learn from this that standing up and fighting for something that everybody on all sides uh should want is is popular or worth doing or what what is it you take from this well part of the the problem for the american people is the opaqueness right like it was kind of cool having the c-span cameras following us on the floor watching us talk how we're engaging it was important to have 434 bodies there on the house floor this entire week it was important to be able to get up and give speeches somewhat open-ended in front of the whole body and see what would happen for example when i stood up and nominated byron donalds for the first time we had two black americans in nomination for uh, speaker of the house and and to say that's not you don't just you don't own playing you know games about race over there on the Democratic side, we stand up for people that we believe, regardless of skin color, and, and are willing to stand up behind someone like I did, like Byron Donalds, because I believe in him. I want him, not Hakeem, and I don't care about his skin color. At the end of the day, we worked out a deal and an arrangement, including with Byron sitting at the table at the room with me and with Dan Bishop and Scott Perry from the Freedom Caucus and others. We worked out an arrangement that we think will improve things. It ain't going to be perfect. It's a majoritarian body. I can't own 218 people's votes. I have no right to. 
I have the ability to try to persuade. We are moving the needle. It won't be perfect. I just ask all of our conservative you know, activists, friends, and listeners out there, keep the pressure up. Hold me accountable. Hold us all accountable. But we're doing what we can, we think, to move the needle in this town towards openness and a sense that we're going to try to do the work of the American people and empower your congressman, not just a few people, to be able to execute for them. Congressman Chip Roy from the great state of Texas, a man I hope uh, eventually runs for uh, uh, Senate, and, and, and I'm not talking about uh, Ted Cruz's seat. Um, <laughs> a, a guy who has actually fought and uh, come forward with uh, the goods at the end. Thank you, Chip. I appreciate everything you do. God bless. God bless you, Glenn Beck. Thank Take you. Care. Does Texas have another Senate seat other than Ted uh, Cruz? Is there a Republican Senate seat? No, not really. Because, well, I mean, I don't know. How, see, if there's a Republican already in the seat, you can't remove them. There's no way to. Mm, yeah. Is there another contest that would. Is there, uh, oh, primary. Yeah, there's a primary. There's a primary that, would, that could be. It would be good, and he would be. A, anyway, um, experts like Saxo Bank or Swiss Asia Capital or Forbes. When they're all disagreeing about what gold is going to cost in 2023, but they all think it will be over $3,000 an ounce, might be time to start thinking differently about things. Um, I'm going to later this week come up with the uh, predictions that, uh, that I have for this year. And I, I think I know a reason why it would be $3,000 an ounce or more. Um, and we'll get to those later. But Goldline has an awesome special this week with every tube of the new quarter ounce Mayflower gold commemoratives. You can receive a hundred of the same Mayflower copper rounds at no additional uh, cost. So don't wait to call. These are going to sell out. They are really, really beautiful commemorative coins uh, that commemorate the 400th anniversary of the Mayflower. Um, and you can get them in gold, silver, or, um, or copper, and you can get them at Goldline. And now they've got a great deal going on. Find out if gold or silver is right for you. Do your own homework. Call Goldline, 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE. Join the conversation. 888-727-BECK. The Glenn Beck Program. Hey, welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. Uh, If you missed Saturday's podcast, you can get it on YouTube. Uh, Go to YouTube.com slash Glenn Beck. Make sure you subscribe, uh, rate and review. Um, Gosh, we are just a we're like, I don't know, 20,000 people away from a million viewers on on uh, YouTube. I didn't even have a YouTube page till what? 18 months ago, something like that. Something like that, yeah. Uh, and we sure appreciate it. Uh, but rate and review and subscribe to my YouTube page. You can find the Darren Beatty um, or Beatty uh, um, interview that I did for Saturday. Uh, it's what are the feds hiding in the January 6th investigation? It is stunning. Absolutely stunning. Uh, Darren is the guy behind Revolver News who has been really doing deep investigations on it. This is an episode worth your while. Episode 169. You can find it now at YouTube.com slash Glenn Beck.